A friend John became quite introverted after the death of his partner Oliver. Previously an inveterate showman in any company, he began to shy away from socialising. Stopped going to Padonk, he moved about aimlessly, lost in thought, engaged in inner battles. The normal stages of grief naturally all assumed. When you stood near him, there was a faint breeze blowing his way from all directions. Sent a shiver up you. As time went on, it became more pronounced. Small particles lifted and were carried by. Carried by some invisible agency towards him. Dust, food, crumbs, sand, things like that. As though his body had become a hoover, it was quite handy in a sad way. Gradually, though, larger objects started shuffling towards him. I remember one weekend taking him for Sunday lunch with Morris to cheer him up, and I watched a potato on my plate roll off, while Morris, who was next to him, saw tidal ripples on the surface of his gravy. Tom's own peas were plunging from the table like lemmings into his lap leaping onto his chest and head as he bent down to attract his fork from the floor. By New Year's, he was housebound, covered in detritus, familiar thingamies, photos, holiday trinkets, old shopping lists, clocks, bedding, dried flowers and potpourri, potatoes, you know, everything, squashed, pushed, compressed into his new confirmation. Even the walls of his bungalow were creaking under some compulsion to move inward. In April, a few days after the walls eventually gave way and the roof folded in, I visited him for the last time. With a rope tied around my waist and my twin daughters manning the winch and hand crank, I crawled into the passage that funneled to his head so I could clean up his face unblock his nose and mouth, check and repair the mesh that lined the channel. It was hard work, especially with the force of the pull. I knew it was heading the way these things do, as it did with my sister. His release from the struggles, dumped on him, came by the end of that same week, and it was accompanied by a thunderous cacophony as the monumental structure caved in, collapsed, the suspension dropping to the ground, the tension released, sending the debris clattering and crashing, racing down to the ground, handed back to gravity. Oh, excuse, and from the centre of the heap, a fire rapidly burned, leaving nothing but cinders by the time the fire engines pulled up and gave it a symbolic dousing for the silent spectators.
I'm writing this with a heavy heart. It has taken me a long time to come to this point, and I say this with great difficulty. I'm very, very sorry, but I can't see you anymore. Slowly, I have come to realise that you are a psycho. I'm sure you're saying to yourself right now, me, a psycho? No, you're the psycho. And this is precisely the point. I am the psycho, and not just any old psycho. I'm afraid I don't have room in my life for wannabes. But we had some fine times, we really did. Do you remember when we broke into the British Museum and took pickaxes to the Rosetta Stone? That was a perfect evening. But in the end, let's be honest, there was too much jealousy. Take, for example, when I burnt down Notre Dame. Do you remember what you did? Yeah. You planted a bomb on Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, seriously, what if someone had gotten hurt? I'm sorry, it's too vulgar for words. I destroy one of the finest works of art possibly ever created and the fulcrum of a nation's faith. And you destroy a bridge? People need to cross that every day to get to work. Did you ever think about them? No, I'm sure you didn't. Because I'm sorry to say, you're just an everyday psycho. Now darling, put down that pickaxe and don't even think about trying to embed it in my head. Take a deep breath and try to think about what I've said. I'm sure you'll realise that it all makes sense. And plus, You'll easily find someone else. There are plenty more loonies in the bin, that I can assure you. But me, I've got to focus on myself right now. I've got big plans. You'll hear about them soon. Affectionately, AZ. Seagull stitches wearing thin The silk stretched out in a soldier's tin The song's about a boy's young skin It's right, right With puckered clams or circumstantial Seagull stitches long unpicked The silkworm perished in a tiger's fist And all the patterns that you can knit They're right, right Dolphins have them, so do your laces 
。